Amen. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. My name is AJ. My wife, Stephanie, is here, my lovely wife. We, we are members of this church. We've been here for about a year. Come on. Um, before we get started, I want to pray because today is an important day. We must receive the mind of Christ. Yes, not just Halloween, but it's election. So we're saying, God, I want you to pour in your thoughts. I want you to renew my mind. So let's just uh, take a moment to pray. Father, we pray that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the Holy Spirit would change our thinking, change our emotions. We, we open the door to our hearts and we say, Holy Spirit, come in into our souls. We desire more of your presence. We desire fullness, God. So we say, God, expose the lies. Help us to renounce them. Help us to receive truth and help us to speak your word, believing that you're going to receive, believing that we're going to receive Holy Spirit power. So we ask for this teaching to go deep. We pray against passive-aggressive behavior right now. We pray against being checked out. And we say, Jesus, I need more of you. So I pray for supernatural focus in Jesus' name. Amen. I love supernatural focus because I really struggled with focus. Amen. All right. The title of this message is Breaking Strongholds of the Mind. This is one of my favorite topics. I know I've been asked to speak, you know, on other topics. But this one's a big deal, especially if you're a stubborn person like me. Amen. So the first verse I want to go to, this is such an amazing verse. This is going to be the baseline. This is going to be the foundation. This is going to be the yard marker for our message. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So there's a lot there immediately. And we cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. This is like a real commitment, a tenacious commitment to the obedience of Christ. So if we could go back to the the previous slide, I want to look at this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So that means you can't grit your teeth hard enough. You cannot put human effort enough to overcome. You must rely on Holy Spirit power. You must rely on the Word of God. So God is saying there isn't enough sincerity in you. There's not enough religion. Amen. There's not enough human willpower, human I want to do good in my own strength. God is saying I, want, I need you to embrace my Holy Spirit He lives in your spirit, but he wants to begin to invade your mind, will, and emotions. So again, I'm a born-again Christian. I'm spirit-filled, meaning I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. I'm aware of him. I talk to him, but I still need renewal. I need brand new thoughts in my mind, will, and emotions. Do you guys get that? My legal position in Christ is I have access to all these blessings. But my living condition in Christ is saying, hey, you know what? I have not experienced fullness yet. So God is saying we do not war against flesh and blood. We're warring against the enemy who operates in darkness, who is a spiritual enemy. I don't war against Biden supporters. I don't war against Trump supporters. I don't war against people who don't like the Dallas Cowboys. I'm warring against the enemy. That's the devil. Amen. All right. We got a little touchy there. This is interesting. It says that our weapons are not carnal. 
Our weapons are not of human, human strength or power or intelligence. It's spiritual. It's of the Spirit of God through the Word of God. And it's interesting, they're mighty in God. They're actually mighty to overcome. Some of you, I don't know if you're like me and my family, we're like, you know what, no, these people are not going to change. Oh, you know what, so-and-so is really stubborn. Hey, you know what, we've always thought like this. This is our ethnicity. This is our culture. So God is saying, let me pull down these strongholds. You need to let me in. Where is that letting me in? In your mind, will, and emotions. Do you know that your thoughts really govern your emotions? Do you know your emotions, if they don't change, you're not going to see a change in behavior? Do you know that every atheist wants to say, hey, manage your thoughts, manage your behavior, manage your, uh, manage your actions and, and your words? What we are trying to do as believers who are born again in Christ, who have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we're trying to say, out of intimacy with the Holy Spirit comes this ministry of breaking free, changing the way we think. So they're mighty in God for, for pulling down strongholds. So the question is, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is a collection of ideas and thoughts that are against who Jesus is, who are against who the Holy Spirit is and who the Father is. Their lies, their arguments, their imaginations, their, I would say, cultural beliefs. Do you know that there are um, cultural beliefs that could be strongholds? In Nazi Germany, they thought everybody except one group was inferior, right? Do you know, like, there's cultural beliefs that are just evil? And God is saying, hey, I want you to walk in a power that's greater than those beliefs. I want you to renounce them, renounce them and break your agreement. Do you know that there's principalities, that's demonic powers, over regions and cities? But tonight, or this morning, we're talking about, we're talking about personal strongholds. You know, a lot of people, especially Pentecostals, they talk about, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going through a lot of spiritual warfare. You know what's really happening is there's warfare in your mind. You're not really necessarily dealing with the territorial spirit over L.A. You're not dealing with cultural strongholds all the time. Most of your battles are with the enemy attacking your mind. That's where it's actually happening. And it's affecting your emotions and it's affecting your decisions. Amen. So strongholds, yes, yeah, such a crowd over here. Strongholds are these, these ideas that set themselves against who Jesus is. And I want us to come out of, well, AJ, I know that. I want us to come into Holy Spirit reality, whereas, you know, this idea that I know Jesus loves me, but actually I don't feel it. I know the Lord loves Liz Chu. She worship leads. She's got a great gift to sing and to worship. She probably, he probably loves her more than me. So that's a lie of the enemy. And so God is saying, don't you see that? You're listening to a sermon, you're listening to a song, and you're like, you know what? I feel like a hopeless hypocrite. I feel like somebody who God uh, isn't going to use because I'm not as gifted. I don't have that personality. That's a lie of the enemy right there. Or you know what? I, I'm going to a new church, like I came to this church a year ago, and it's hard for me to make friends. Like for me, that's not a problem, amen, because I know Jesus loves me, and my parents already loved me, so I already got that going. And my wife loves me. Amen. But some people really struggle with that, saying, hey, 
I'm going into a new church. I don't think people are going to notice me. You know what? Jesus notices you. And you know what? Jesus is going to notice you through somebody. But are you ready to receive? Because there's something coming against that receiving called a lie. Meaning I'm not seen. I'm not heard. And God is saying, I'm going to send you somebody, but can you receive? And so God is saying, let's cast down those lies. Amen? So stronghold, um, back in the day of Paul, when the Romans ruled the world, a stronghold was like a castle. It was like um, you could have walls that were 50 feet high, 10 feet thick, and they were there to protect those who live inside, right? We see, I've seen this in period pieces and in European castles and stuff, right? But the Lord is saying, hey, there's a stronghold, there's a castle in your heart against me. Isn't that interesting? Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Even though you're born again, he lives in your spirit, we, st- we still struggle with old thinking. We still struggle with negative emotions. We still struggle with making godly decisions. And God is not going to do it by force. He's not going to come in by force. He's going to do it in cooperation with you. And if we hold on to old thinking and negative emotions and a lack of willpower, we're going to really struggle. Because those thoughts that, that are strongholds, those belief systems, they're really questioning the goodness of God, the leadership of the Lord. And you know what it's, what it's questioning? is not just who God is, but really who you are in Christ. That's why we can't make room for such thoughts. We have to, maybe, you know, like next year we're going to uh, pray and fast. Maybe we should pray and fast against negative thinking. Maybe we should fast negative thinking. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 12, 28 and 29. Jesus describes Satan as a strong man who, who you must take down. So God is saying these negative thoughts, these strongholds are like a castle, and I need you to cooperate with me to take one lie down stone by stone. It's not going to happen supernaturally in that sense where everything's gotten rid of immediately. No, it's gradual. It's incremental. Sometimes in life when the Holy Spirit is moving with power in your life to transform you, you're not noticing. But we have to stick with it by faith. I was praying and singing with folks over here, and one lie I felt was, oh, you know what? Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to be another lonely season. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I'm single, and I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know if God has a plan for me. That's a lie of the enemy. God has a plan for you. He is is your ever-present help, but he's also your ever-present comfort. He's the lover of your soul. And God is saying in that verse, Matthew 12, 28 and 29, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Again, it's by the Spirit, FYI. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. Who makes the written word the living word. And how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. We have to let the Lord expose the lies. It's not, a, it's not an accusation against us. It's, it's saying, this is a lie, AJ. You think you're damaged goods, but I actually call you out of Deuteronomy 7, 6, a treasured possession. You, look, you act like you have to try real hard, perform, make it happen, but it's actually Psalm 65, 4. Blesses the man you choose and cause to approach you. 
AJ, I'm using your willingness, and I'm giving you strength with it. I see your effort. You're giving, you thought you gave me an inch. I'm going to take a mile. So God is saying, hey, it's not about you. It's not legalism. It's not about trying harder. We're positioning ourselves to experience more of God's fullness. Amen? Let's go to the next verse. Again, Satan desires to keep out God's blessings from your life. That's what a stronghold does. Satan desires for you to live a life that's barely saved. Satan desires for you to do everything in your own amazing effort without the person of the Holy Spirit. Satan desires for you to not be in reliance with the Holy Spirit. Thinking like, you know what, I got the morality, I got the teaching, it's up to me now. And God is saying, no, let's take down these walls of accusation. He's called the accuser of the, of the brethren, by the way. Do you guys know that? That one of his top tactics is to accuse. Let's go to the next verse. Personal strongholds. Again, they're in our minds. They're a collection of ideas. They're agreement with Satan. It says, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. That's John 14, verse 30. Do you know that Jesus made no room for accusation? Do you know Jesus made no room for wrong ideas, bad thinking? Isn't that interesting? Do you know Jesus said, hey, I'll never agree with that. I'll never let it in, and I won't see my father through that lens, I won't see myself through that lens, and I won't see other believers through that lens. Is that interesting? So God is saying, hey, when I was living here on earth, the enemy had nothing in me. There was no access point. When I commit my life to Jesus, I'm saying, you know what? I want to cut off access to the enemy. You know the enemy can still influence you. Absolutely. Your own mind, will, and emotions can influence you. The broken world can influence you. Maybe in January when we fast bad thinking, let's fast media. Let's fast that which could even be permissible but actually not beneficial. Because we got to come to a place where we got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. What that sick and tired means is dullness of the spirit. What that means is I can't feel God. What that means is I hear all these great things from testimonies, from missionaries, from all these fabulous teachers, but I'm not experiencing any of it. So God is saying if you want to go not just from faith to faith, but glory to glory, let's let all that amazing beneficial stuff, let it go. That means the media you're taking in, the music you're taking in, the conversations, the self-talk. If it doesn't glorify Jesus, if it's not rooted in who you are in Christ, let it go. Lay down the ego, lay down the control, and let it go. I've had to do this. I've had to let go of so many cultural norms, cultural strongholds. I had to let go so much of my own ego, my fear of failure, my fear of man, my fear of the unknown. I had to. You're not going to walk in fullness if you don't surrender the way you think. Some of you, you're operating out of your own narrative of your life, or you're operating out of a YouTube influencer's narrative. That if you don't look like this, or if you don't look like that, or if you don't make that much money, right? We're operating by what our best friend looks like on Instagram. 
Let's let go of these narratives for saying, God, you tell me who I am in Christ. You tell me who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, show me the Father. Show me Jesus because I need to know the truth. And by the way, the truth is a person. It's not just an idea. That's ridiculous. You're not a Hindu and you're not a Buddhist. And we're not, this is not Star Wars. The truth is a person. So you can experience him. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit, this happened to me in sixth grade, come on. Me and Chris Thompson sitting in that Baptist church in the middle of chapel. I just felt like this crazy idea. I was like, man, I'm going to hell if I don't accept Jesus. You know what? Jesus has a perfect plan for my life. You know what? Jesus loves me. He's wooing me. He's pursuing me. He's actually not judging me. He's saying, God, he's saying, AJ, I want you to come out of judgment. I'm actually giving you a free gift of eternal life. I don't want you to try in your own effort. Take my son's righteousness. The Holy Spirit showed me that. I did not figure that out on my own. No one here can experience the deep things of God by themselves. It has to be by the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you during Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Hanukkah, amen. I want to encourage you during this holiday season, take time to talk to the Holy Spirit. When you hear something and it begins to really question who you are in Christ or if it steals your peace and your joy, Jesus, I don't receive that. By your power, I am not lonely. My destiny is not to be lonely. Jesus, you love me and you care about me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So again, God is calling you to speak truth. Let's go to the next verse. Again, strongholds happen when we open the door with sinful thoughts that lead to sinful actions. And when we persist, that thing becomes an amazing kind of powerful dynamic where it becomes... Um, this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You know, you can have faith for bad things. Did you know that? Oh, you know what? I'm making this up. Oh, the men in my family, oh, they drank too much. A lot of alcoholics. You know what? I don't, that's just who we are. That's just who our ethnicity is. And I I think, like, that's what's going to happen to me. Oh, my mom and dad shut that down. And say, no, alcohol doesn't have a power over me. Alcoholism and addiction doesn't have a power because Christ is in me. He's greater than generational addiction. And my parents on both sides of the family broke that with the way they lived and believed in Jesus. So I want to encourage you, though the enemy lives in darkness, what does that mean? That's an area of our life where we have not given Jesus lordship control. You guys get that? That's an area in our life, and sometimes it's your love life. Sometimes it's your career, the way you spend money and energy. It's usually those types of things. Sometimes it's your family relationships, right? God is saying, I want you to let go of control. Let's go to the next verse. This is interesting. Uh, James 1.15. Amen. Lust does not stop with one act, but it continues to grow until it's full grown. Sin that is not rejected continues to increase in our life. So let's pull up that verse real quick, James 1, 14 and 15. I'm going to read it from my notes. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his desires. We have unhealthy desires. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. 
I want to um, give this amazing quote that, that's really um, such a blessing. St. Augustine said, lust yielded, yielded to becomes a habit. A habit not resisted becomes a necessity. Is that profound? Let me read that again. Lust yielded to becomes a habit. A habit not resisted becomes a necessity. If us men, we make room for sexual immorality, guess what? It's going to become a habit. And if that habit is not resisted, if you're not repenting and then signing back in, uh, up to, to uh, fight, to declare war on sin, to involve people who can pray for you, to call people and say, hey, I'm struggling with sexual sin, guess what? It's going to become a necessity. And I'll say this to many women. If you're struggling with insecurity, fear, comparison, any kind of envy or covetousness, the Lord is saying you got to resist that because otherwise it's going to be a part of your thinking. And you're going to make decisions whether you know it or not out of that thinking. Some of us, we, we are still living in trauma from like 10, 20 years ago. Because when trauma happens, there's negative emotions and negative thoughts. And they, they sow in this root. And then in that root, it shapes this perspective. And that's how we begin to see life. And God is saying, your habits, if you don't resist, if you don't repent and declare war, if you don't build a support system with other believers, what's going to happen is you're going to struggle. And God is saying, hey, I want you to walk in Holy Spirit power. I want you to resist the enemy in, that's trying to influence your mind. Remember, if I, if I have negative thoughts and I don't resist it, and some of us, we need to check our self-talk. If I have negative thoughts and I don't resist it, and then it begins to affect my emotions, guess what? My actions and my decisions are going to follow. And you can try to, you know, praise really hard and, and do acts of service or try to be super sincere, but you have to really allow the Holy Spirit to come in. You have to talk to the Holy Spirit. I've said this before. You will not experience the Holy Spirit if you don't talk to him. I will say at least 80, 75% of the time, I'm just making up a number. You won't experience the Holy Spirit if you don't first talk to him, if you don't initiate the conversation. So let's look at that real, real quick again, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What is a stronghold? In the NAS, it's arguments. In the King James, it's imaginations. The NASB, it's speculations. Isn't that interesting? These are lofty things that are raised themselves up greater than Jesus. Some of you, you're struggling with thoughts. Oh, you know what? I'm never going to make it. This calling is too difficult. There's too many walls. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 18? That I can scale any wall. Is that interesting? Oh, I'm a woman. I'm a man. I'm a minority. I'm white. I can't handle this. I can't do this. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So God is saying, let's let go of these ideas. I know our, our culture is teaching, like, embrace your identity. Embrace who you are on the outside. I would say embrace Christ in you, the hope of your glory. Because that identity on the outside ain't going to make sense. The only way it makes sense is through Christ first. 
your spiritual identity of who you are in Christ first because you are more than your skin color. You are more than your gender. You are more than your uh, political affiliation. You're actually purchased by the blood of the lamb and you're way more. You're actually, you belong to the Lord. You don't belong to yourself. That's Psalm 100. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. You did not originate this life. You are not the one controlling it. You are not the one um, that's, that, that's guaranteed to like bring yourself to heaven. There's no, there's no such thing. Jesus purchased your life. Jesus created you. Jesus has a plan for you. So we need to do what's opposite of what the media and Hollywood tell us, and even Christian American culture. We belong to Jesus, and we belong to his leadership. Let's go to the next. Um, I'm going to go to the next verse. Amen. So how do we defeat these strongholds? We want to expose the lies. That's the first thing. We bring transformation to our behavior, saying, God, change the way I'm thinking. You know, I had sinned in a relationship, and then the Lord said, hey, by the way, you've actually been forgiven. Hey, by the way, I see that you've been fighting it through Christian counseling. Hey, by the way, I love how you've, encou- how you've included other guys to speak in your life so you can be honest with. And the Lord said, you feel like damaged goods. You feel shameful. That's why you continue to behave that way. So let's surrender that feeling. Amen? Sometimes I need to renounce this idea, Jesus, forgive me for thinking that I'm damaged goods. Absolutely. You have to repent. You have to renounce those lies. Once it's exposed, we have, our job is to renounce it. Amen? In James 4, 7, it says, submit to God. I would say submit to his thinking. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So in James 4, 7, God is asking us, submit to to the Lord's leadership, submit to his thoughts, also submit to his emotions and his feelings for you. Remember, if you feel dirty, you will act dirty. If you feel like, you know what, my body's not good enough. You know what, I don't look the right way. Oh, you know what, Uh, my family's never had financial success. You know what? People really don't believe in me. Guess what? You're going to behave like that. But if I come into the Lord's presence and I say, Jesus, I thank you that your Holy Spirit lives within me. I thank you that you've created me, that you're, you're taking delight in me, that you celebrate me and not just tolerate me. Even my physical body, even the way I look, even the way I make money or not make money. You're a God who knows my weakness and you're still drawn to me. You know what our goal should be is Song of Solomon 7.10. This needs to be a confession. We need to get to this destination. It says, I am my beloved's, meaning the believer saying, I belong to Jesus. And then it says, he belongs to me. And his desire is towards me. Do you know that God desires you, even in the midst of weakness, even in the midst of struggles with sin? Please, Don't be one of those believers like the way I was where you repent of a sin and then you make yourself miserable. And you're like, I hope he's seeing me because I'm making myself miserable. You know what that is? That's just ego and that's fear. What that is also is an excuse to do more sin. That's not you making yourself miserable. There's no wisdom in that. No, I repent of the sin. 
I invite the Holy Spirit's power into that place in my heart and life. And I believe that God still loves me with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, the righteousness that we receive the moment we were born again can never be improved on. You're not going to be more righteous, so to speak. Like, God is not going to give you a greater level of his righteousness in eternity future. God's not going to give you a greater level of his love in eternity future. What's going to happen is hindrances will be removed where you can actually experience it. Hindrances will be removed where you can actually see it. God is not holding himself back. We are simply not experiencing it. And obviously we have limitation here on earth. So God is saying, hey, I want you to come in fully. Okay, so 2 Corinthians, right, 10, 3 through 5, actually matches 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11 is amazing because it tells us what to cast down. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 11, 2 2 and 3. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband. That means we are in a relationship with the Lord, we as believers. Has nothing to do with romance. There's nothing sexual about it. This is talking about our spiritual relationship with Jesus. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You know what that is? That's Ephesians 1.4. That you're holy, you're without blame, and you're standing before him in love. That the Father sees you through the lens of Jesus. He knows we're weak. He knows we struggle with sin. He's not condoning our sin. He wants us to allow him to come right beside us to declare war on that sin. And I'm telling you right now, the sin that we're operating in right now, many of us, including me, is the sin of offense, the sin of holding back, the sin of, you know what, he's a Biden supporter, so I'm not going to really engage with that person. Oh, you know what, that person's a Trump supporter, so I'm going to probably argue with that person and shoot out a lot of opinions, but I'm not going to really pray for them. I'm not going to avail myself of that friendship. So God is saying, will you love? Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I fear lest somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Again, we can easily be deceived in our minds. And God is saying, Don't walk in offense. Don't hold back love. Right now, we're just being asked to love people who politically don't believe what we believe. Do you realize that? Do you know there's believers in China that are getting abused in a prison, and they're saying to their abusers, Jesus loves you. I forgive you by the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me, I forgive you. Do you know that's what's going on with your, with your family in Christ? And in this nation, God is saying, I'm, I'm allowing this. Will you walk in love? Let's look at Isaiah 61.3. If we don't have it, it's okay. But one of the things that the Lord is saying is saying, hey, I want you to see my beautiful heart. And, and I want you to see how I view others. And I want you to see what I feel about them. Will you let it affect you? Will you let it in to your heart? So God is saying, hey, you're, you're betrothed to one husband. You know, in the ancient culture, which is actually really true for my culture, if you get engaged, you're pretty much on your way to marriage. If you break that, that's like breaking off marriage itself. 
That's, it's like a divorce. So in certain cultures, when you got engaged, it was it. So God is saying you are betrothed to Jesus. And it's going to culminate when he returns. And we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. But God is saying, I need you to know that I desire you. I love you. You can't operate in second best. You can't operate in your own strength. You've got to let my delight make room for who you are. So in Second Samuel twenty two twenty, but it's also in Psalm eighteen. It says, "He brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me." You know, some of the lies that you and I are believing is making us claustrophobic. It's making us really judgy at ourselves. Oh yeah, it's making us really familiar with self criticism, shame, and self hatred. And God is saying, "Will you let me love you? Will you let me?" Bring in my truth. Because he wants to release blessings and he wants to break you out of captivity. Again, the other thing I wanted to, to emphasize is don't make the mistake that your um, ongoing sin problem is full-on rebellion. No, it's not. When we, when we fight sin, when we repent, when we involve others to help us overcome sin, what we're struggling with is spiritual immaturity. The devil wants you to believe that you're a hopeless hypocrite. The devil wants you to believe that it's full-on rebellion. No, it's not. God knows you're, you're struggling. I'm not talking about believers, and I've been in this spot myself, where you just do sin and you don't repent. There's no submitting to accountability. There's no process for walking out spiritual maturity. There's no counseling. There's no fighting it. There's no light on it. I'm not talking about that. Most of us are struggling with sin. We're repenting. We, hopefully we have people who speak into our lives who pray for us. Amen. And God is saying, I see that struggle, and I want you to know I, I'm with you. You will overcome. I'm not turned off by it. I'm not uninvolved. I'm not passive aggressive. I'm not silent. I'm not hanging out on, on the sidelines watching this unfold. I'm fully engaged with you. Some of you, we need faith for the transformation we need in our lives. One of my greatest fears was I'm going to argue and fight in my marriage. And the Lord's saying, hey, I need you to resist that. Because that's a cultural thing that you got in your brain. You're going to fight and argue because it's hot-headed people. <laughs> They're hot-blooded. They're opinionated. They're Jays on the Myers-Briggs. You know, God is saying, I want you to resist that because I'm the prince of peace, and you've allowed me to bring peace into your life. Why wouldn't I try to bring peace into your marriage? Why wouldn't I rule and reign with peace? So let's just close out just in a second here. Again, God desires us. I want to say to somebody, whoever it is, Song Solomon 4-7, you're altogether fair and beautiful. There's no spot or blemish on you. Jesus can hold the tension of loving you unconditionally and still saying, hey, that weak area, my strength is attracted to that weak area. Hey, that sinful area, my Holy Spirit's going to help you to overcome sin. And still love you unconditionally. The problem you and I have is there's no human representation of that. Only God can be perfectly holy, perfectly just, and perfectly merciful all, all at the same time. 
No one can perfectly do all of those. That's why it's so hard to believe that, okay, I'm struggling with the sin, but he still really loves me and believes in me. He's still proud of me. He still loves partnership with me. He still wants me to access his emotions. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to watch a video. And I, I really want the Lord, uh, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you through this video. We're going to worship. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, shine light into my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. Holy Spirit, are there any lies that I'm believing? Let's just close our eyes for a brief second before we turn on the worship song. Holy Spirit, am I believing any lies? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me your truth. Give me the power to renounce those lies. I feel like a lie right now is, again, I'm alone. And my destiny is to be alone. So let's renounce that lie. Holy Spirit, I just repent that I'll forever be lonely. That you forgot about me. I repent of that lie. I thank you that your plans are to prosper, are to bless and not harm. And that you're sending me people who are going to feed me faith and not fear. You're going to send me people who are going to love me well. Holy Spirit, I just come before you and I renounce the lie that I can't love somebody who's a Democrat or a Republican. That I can't give up social media opinions. That I'm just so passionate I can't give it up. Holy Spirit, I pray for peace right now. And I let go of the lie that I have to do this, that I'm obligated to do this, to give my opinions, to get all emotionally riled up. I let go of that lie. Give me your love. Give me your perspective of those who don't believe like me. Jesus, I want to see you before that white throne judgment, and I want to know, I don't want regret. I want to know that I loved well. And just lastly, I just felt like there was someone listening. What I do doesn't matter. So, Father, I just prayed that you would help me to renounce that lie. I just repent of that lie. I let go of it. And, Jesus, I thank you that you're going to remember every cup of cold water. You see my hidden life in Jesus. You see my small acts of obedience. Actually, your heart is ravished. You're greatly, you take great delight in that my life is significant because you see everything I do for you. You even see the movements of my heart. Even when I fail, you see a heart that says, God, I want to believe in you. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence. And we pray for that gentle, tender light to shine upon our hearts. And I pray, Father, during this song that you would help us to let go, to surrender to repent of lies. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would raise up truth about who Jesus is. You would raise up truth about who we are in Christ. So let's just continue to be in communion with the Holy Spirit and just listen to the worship song and just speak to him softly. Say, Jesus, shine your light. Show me any lies that I'm believing. Show me your truth. Let's just take a moment and just commune with the Lord.